today we're doing all the C's, content copywriting that helps you with connecting, cultivating and converting your audience into customers and clients. If you want amazing copy that connects deeply with your ideal clients and drives your audience to action, then you're in the right company. I am joined today by the fabulous Laura McDowell, CEO of The Copy Fix, and we'll be setting the world to rights, talking about key pieces of the content marketing puzzle. Laura is so switched on with the whole big picture planning for this, as well as a copywriting ace. So lots of great advice and tips on their way to you. You're going to love it. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hi, everybody, and welcome. I am joined today by the fabulous Laura McDowell, a content queen in my book. Laura is an award-winning copywriter and public speaker. She's honed her craft working with multi-six and seven-figure entrepreneurs around the world. And now she's sharing everything she knows to help us write powerful copy that connects deeply with our ideal clients and drives sales. Laura is CEO and founder of The Copy Fix, The Copy Creators Club, and The Copywriting Project, a vibrant Facebook community, which is where I came across her. And I'll be sharing how you can connect with Laura and the community a little bit later. I've learned so much from Laura's teachings, and I'm really excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Laura. It's so great to have you on with us. Thank you very, very much. I'm really happy to be here. So I'm going to dive into asking you a whole bunch of questions about content, copy, and how you write and speak in a way that connects with people, that cultivates the relationship and helps convert the right folks into customers and clients. So we're literally going to cover all the C's, aren't we? There's a lot of C's in there. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I know that everyone's going to get a load of great advice from you here, but um, let me just frame the conversation for us a little bit. Yeah. When we were chatting through what to cover, we both felt that with the focus on creating leverage in your business, we didn't mm -hmm. want to only talk about copy tactics and how you write or speak to attract, connect and inspire your ideal audience. It really starts with strategy, doesn't it? Totally, totally. Everything starts with strategy, doesn't it? So we're going to start with strategy and we're going to look at how you build a purpose-driven content plan. And then second, I'd like to get your take on why it's worth spending time getting good at copywriting. You know, a lot of people think about outsourcing it because it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And third, I want to, I want you to reveal some of the ways you mentioned to me before about how you can achieve double leverage across all your content marketing, because that sounds so cool and obviously fits with what I'm all about. And then finally, totally. I, <laughs> yeah, um, I'd be want to be quizzing you about the strategies that you've been putting in place over the last couple of years to create leverage in your own business. So um, we're going to cover Perfect. a lot of ground, hopefully. So we might have to sort of leg it through a little bit. Um. <laughs> 
what I what I love about you, Laura, is how you've created such vibrant communities, really, and provide incredible amount of support and encouragement to everyone. Um, so that's one of the reasons I want to quiz you later, because I think it's such an inspiration. So let's first get a sense of the big picture. Tell us about content strategy, content planning, and, and also being very intentional with your copywriting. How or where does someone start? Gosh, that's a big question, isn't it? Yes, so it for is. me, <laughs> I think when it comes to content, there's this pressure on us all, isn't there, to show up? Like we feel like we've got to be putting, we've got to be posting on Facebook, we've got to be posting stuff on social media. But like I know you are massive on strategy, as am I. And I think if you just dive into this stuff without a plan and without some strategy behind it, it's really easy just to waste your life and waste your time and, and just get really disheartened because you're putting the time in and you're not getting the results that you really want. So I think for me, it's about, first of all, getting really, really clear and strategic about what am I selling? So if you're thinking about your content for the month ahead, what's the one thing that you're focused on selling? And you might well have multiple strings to your bow. Maybe you do one-to-one -one stuff and maybe you've got a membership community or you've got different packages or different services. But if we try and promote everything all of the time, then it's really hard to sell it. So this month, what's the one thing that I'm really focused on selling? So this month, I'm really focused on selling this part of my service, this one-to-one -one package, whatever it is. And then it's about getting really clear on, okay, so what do my audience need to know from me? What do they need to hear from me to make that decision to buy, to create that desire, to help them understand what they, why they need that? Um, and then from there, you can start putting this plan together. And I absolutely love what we call, it's a name we've made up. If you've never heard of it before, it's no wonder. What we call hero content. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the concept of your hero content is that every single week you do one thing. That's where you put your time. That's where you put your energy. That's where you really show up and add value for your community. So it could be a Facebook Live. It could be a podcast episode. It could be a blog. It could be a YouTube whatever works for you um, and whatever you love to do but for me you go all in once a week you show up and go live you record the podcast you write the blog you share what you know you add value for people you give them a clear next step to work with you because you've showed up with this helpful useful stuff but then you really leverage the hell out of that so all of your other posts and your other kind of stuff that you're doing, your emails, it's all either driving people to that content that you've created to get them watching or reading it. Or if it's already been done, it's driving them back to watch the replay to go and catch up on it. And that way you just start to get so much more leverage out of that kind of one thing that you're doing. So, I mean, that's such a straight arrow, isn't it? That you're you're basically, at least you can start with that. And, and if you have a other time, you can build out from there. What about the, the sort of brand awareness, though, that isn't necessarily related to something specific you're selling? I mean, is that a step before where you're kind of thinking about what sort of content you're maybe best suited for? I mean, you just mentioned hero content and, and I heard channels in that in the sense of yeah. what do you like doing most? Is that is that a place to start or would you always start with your offer? 
I think for me, it's about where do you want to show up? A, where are your audience? Because wherever their attention is, that's where we need to be. But it's about where where do you want to be? Like, I hate LinkedIn. I just cannot get, I just can't connect with LinkedIn. I'm not, I don't even, I'm not even on Instagram. <laughs> I love Facebook. I love, so I love my email list. I love Clubhouse, love doing podcasts. I love audio and video stuff. So for me, the strategy is always around where are you, where, where's your focus going? Because we can't do everything. As you, as your business grows and as your team grows, then you can get on more platforms. But for me, the starting point is always, where is most natural for me to show up? Because if you're forcing yourself to try and do stuff that you don't really want to do and it feels like a chore, you might be able to write a blog and keep it up for a couple of months. But if you hate writing, you're going to stop doing it. So for me, that's always the strategy. Where does it make sense to show up? Go all in on that one place. Build an audience there first. Then you can pull it back. But in terms of brand awareness, to me, brand awareness is just showing up. Every time people see you, see your name, see your brand, see your products, see your services, they are relating you to what you do. And if you pick a platform, you go all in on that platform, you show up every day, you add value. To me, then that's when the wheels really kind of start to turn and you you start to move everything forwards. Yeah. And I think if you're authentic, then whatever platform you do decide to show up is your personality and your brand, if you like, your style and your your content will will kind of shine through that channel particularly. So, I mean, I always recommend that as well. Um, and I was very reluctant to start a podcast because, you know, it wasn't my natural ch- channel. My natural ch- channel was always writing and teaching. Um, and I just sort of thought it's a really another way to have your voice, you know, for mm-hmm. people to hear you, not just to read you know, what you say. And so it's worked really well as a sort of multi-strategy, but it didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't start with that for sure. So I, I think you're right. And I think there's this pressure almost to show up everywhere and it's, it's pretty overwhelming. I mean, I think the the thing I want to talk about later is the return on investment as well is is kind of how you measure some of that. So we'll come back to that. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, that's incredibly important in terms of strategy, but Say you're starting with a blank page and you think, mm-hmm. right, I've got to get some content out. I'm yeah. going to go on Facebook. Um, I'm yeah. going to grow a group or whatever. I yeah. mean, what's, what's the strategy there before you get into tactics? What's the sort yeah. of starting point for planning out the content that you're going to share? Okay. So my starting point would be how many customers do you need? That's the starting point. So for me, when I started my copywriting business, I didn't need thousands of clients, like 10, five or 10 clients a month was bringing me in a really nice income. So I think when you're thinking about your strategy, I think everybody, we all, and I I say that I never say we should, but I do think we should all be trying to post on our Facebook page if we can. Because when people Google you, that's what's going to come up. So if you can post on your Facebook page a couple of times a week, that's great. Facebook page reach isn't amazing, but it it, it, it serves more kind of function than that. You're, I'm talking here about your business page. Yeah. Um, I think the next piece of the puzzle then for me is because even on Facebook, you've kind of got three platforms in one. You've got your personal profile, you've got your business page and you've potentially got a group. That's a lot to manage. So my strategy was I want depth of relationship with my audience. I want, you know, in a Facebook group, it's a private group. People say stuff in there. They're not going to say on their timeline where their friends and their neighbors and their dad can see it. So for me, my strategy was I'm going to go all in on my Facebook group. I know that that means I'm not going to get so much reach because you can only see it if you're a member of the group because it's closed, but I didn't need millions of clients. So for me, that depth of relationship, that's what grew my business. 
If, however, I was selling something that was lower ticket, if I was e-commerce or if I needed that volume of clients, then I wouldn't be looking at the group strategically. I'd be looking at how can I get reach? How can I get visible? How can I get out there? So for me, the last couple of years have all been about that Facebook group. Now's the time when I've got to like, you know, now the team is growing and now the business is growing rapidly. Now I've got to start putting myself out there in other ways. But I think once you know the channel that you're going to double down on, I just get clear on the one thing you're going to do every week and when you're going to do it. So for me, go live every Friday at 10 o'clock. For you, it might be releasing a blog every Tuesday or releasing a video every Sunday or whatever it is. Commit to that. Use that as your starting point. And then around that, you can then think about your content mix. So your posts that add value, your posts that directly ask people to buy from you, then you can kind of start putting this mix together. But I think starting with get clear on the platform and then get clear on the one thing you're going to commit to doing every week. And then from there, everything else kind of flows. Yeah, I also have this mantra of a purpose audience occasion. Um, When I used to teach communications and occasion in this sense is that platform. And I liked what you said earlier, actually, just come back to that moment that it's not just what you prefer, but it also where your audience hang out. And so, so a lot of consultants, LinkedIn is the platform where they make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, but Facebook is where they hang out socially, where there's less pressure. And so I think you have to weigh up a lot of different things, actually, when you dismiss Facebook because you think it's not a professional network. You actually find you get better engagement there because people are, are relaxed and they're in kind of leisure yeah. browsing mode more than on LinkedIn sometimes. So totally. that's what, what I found. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move into the actual copywriting process, because um, you've already sort of shared a lot of really great stuff in terms of the type of posts. I just hold a hint. Hero content was one. And then the different mix you talked about. We'll get into mm-hmm. that. Um, tell us a bit about, about yourself, if you don't mind, in your background. How did you get into this area of, of business support? You know, why did it become your thing and what makes you so passionate? Um, it's quite a long story, so I'll keep it short, as it always is. Um, my first business did not work out big time. So my first business was a retail business. I grew it very, very quickly, had a big team, huge turnover, and no margin. And I always thought the economies of scale would come. They didn't. So we just got busier and busier, made no more money. And we did that for a few years. So I think we've in that for kind of six or seven years. And on the side, I'd started writing copy for people. I was in mastermind groups and I'd done a lot of service swaps. So I'd write copy for people in exchange for getting my website done or photos or whatever it was. Cool. And it got to the point where I was making more money writing copy on the side. And that was what I loved compared to this massive business that felt like a yeah. millstone around my neck. Um, so we made the decision to walk away from that business. And it was genuinely the worst time of my life. I felt like... I mean, I really screwed that business up. We were okay as long as we kept trading, but as soon as we stopped trading, it it was just really, really hard. We were left with massive debt. um, And I felt like I'd let the team down. I felt like I'd let everybody down. So much guilt and shame. And I just hid for a very, very, very long time after that. Bless you. Um, And then started really, I, I still had my little pool of copywriting clients. And then as my confidence came back, I then started to really step into what I was meant to do, what I feel like I'm called to do, which is to help people, you know, do their work justice and have these amazing words. But I think it was such a gift to go through that experience and to have that business fail because 
it's really fired that thing in me that I just don't ever want to see another business owner struggle for want of having the right words or for want of knowing how to get customers because that's something that comes very naturally to me. I've always been very good at marketing, always been very good at copy. Um, so now I'm really, really grateful for that experience. But of course, at the time it was, uh, yeah, it was not great. And then over the last few years as a copywriter, I've worked with some of the biggest names in the digital space, names that you'll know in the online world. Um, and then, yeah, now I just love, like I say, working with and training and supporting and helping just amazing business owners just to get their words really, really working for them. No, that's just so amazing to hear because, I mean, I, I see you sharing and, and the passion comes through so, you know, so much that, you know, I think you draw people to you. And I think when you are in the right space and it's a lot to to have to sort of, we talk about pivoting, especially, you know, from the last year, talk about pivoting all the time. And yeah, I mean, that's a massive, great sort of turn. And, and yeah, I imagine it would hit you sideways. So, you know, thanks for, for sharing and being vulnerable on that. Right. But I think, you know, that that's what I love about your Facebook group is that you know you just tell it like it is you know there's no kind of hyping things up there's no you know sort of showing up as in a non-authentic way and I I think people love that and I think they want that I think it's incredibly refreshing I think it's true for all of us especially if you're a personal brand if you're a coach if you're a consultant if you're in that space I know it's a major cliche I'm gonna say it anyway that whole people buy from people but they buy from people they like they buy from people they feel are like them and if we're not showing up as we really are if we're putting on this professional face because we feel like that's how we have to be showing up yeah. or if we're writing our copy and our content and it's a little bit formal it's kind of professional rather than actually as we talk then I think it's a massive barrier yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely something I've I've picked up from you. And I mean, let me just mention Laura's Facebook group. We keep talking about it, the copywriting project. I, I really urge you to go find it and join because, I mean, you give that group so much value showing up every week as you do and lots of interaction as well. Just that back and forth. I think, you know, you really spend a lot of time with people. It's fab. Um, and I can't believe that's your free group too. I mean, it's, I know. Yeah, but, but that's think, your gateway, right? It is. And that that's what I mean about showing up where you want to be. I yeah. adore, genuinely adore my Facebook group. I'm really, really fussy about who comes in, which I think really helps. Um, oh, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> we reject more people than we accept because that Facebook group for me is filled with amazing people that inspire me and that I want to work with, that I'd love to support. And I think wherever you are, there's no point building an email list building a community of people who aren't the right fit for you so I think that's no, part of the reason I'm so passionate about that group because everybody in there is awesome um but I, I think it goes it goes back to that thing about it, like finding your lane like show up where you want to be whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or Clubhouse or Facebook or whatever it's just if you are showing up in a place where you genuinely enjoy spending time that energy comes through your words have got energy every post every piece that you write those words have got energy and if you're in alignment and you're genuinely enjoying it, it your copy is so and your content is so much more powerful for it I think I totally, totally agree. And that, I mean, that you're a great example of that. And I, I think that's where people go a little bit wrong. And, and, but it's also the reason why they spin their wheels so much, you know, mm-hmm. trying to find that niche, trying to find that thing they're passionate about. And often, and this is what I, this is what I discovered. It's right in front of you. You know, yeah. you kind of go around trying to get the golden thread through all the different things that you do and all the different people that you help. And actually, you know, at the end of the day, it's something much more personal and, and it's usually based on your story and interesting that, uh, 
you know, story becomes a, a really big part of the copywriting mm-hmm. piece, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think it's a. This is a whole other topic. This is a whole other podcast, but I think it is about. If, if you're holding back or if there's part of you that you're not bringing to the table yet, if there's stories in your past, like I didn't talk about my business failure for quite a long time because of the guilt and the shame and the, like, I felt like, how can I stand up and tell people how to write copy that makes the money when I crashed and burned with all this debt? Like we've all got these stories that we tell ourselves and we've got these stories in our past. And if you can make peace with those stories and just accept every single part of who you are and bring the whole of you, the whole of your story, the whole of your messy life to the table in your copy, in your content, in your marketing, in your story, you know, your business journey. Um, I think that's especially coming into the post COVID world. I think we're all craving connection and I think it's getting more important than ever. No, good. Yeah. Wise words, because I think um, in the consulting space, I think people think they've got to be a little bit more tight lipped, a bit professional, but going back to what you said, people buy from people, even in that world, even in that kind of, you know, professional services can be a, a little, like, like you were saying about LinkedIn, they can be a little bit clinical. Um, and actually it's still about the, you know, working with people and feeling that they, that, that you understand them as well. So, you know, stories totally. are part of that, really big part of that. I, I'm interested in something you said to me when we were planning for this interview, something that pricked my ears. You said it's worth spending time getting good at copywriting because of the leverage you gain when you write copy that converts. I mean, I'm tuned yes. into that word, of course. So uh, unpack <laughs> that unpack that a little bit for us, Laura. The better you get at copy, the more leveraged your business gets. That's the bottom line for me. Um, and it's a very basic thing, isn't it? If you spend time and on whatever it is in your business and you don't get results, that's not leverage time. That's effectively wasted time because you don't get the ROI for your energetic investment, for your time investment. The better you get at copy... If you spend an hour and you write a sales page, you write an email, you write a post, you write a blog, whatever you're writing, and you put it out there and it's good and it converts, everything just starts to multiply and multiply and multiply. And I genuinely think that getting good or getting okay, you don't have to be great, getting better at writing copy, I think is the number one leverageable skill in business because it's everything. And yes, you can outsource it to a copywriter. You can get a copywriter to write your website, to write this, to write that. But there's so much more. There's so much more. Every time you go live, every time you, you know, we're always selling, even if you're sending an email to a supplier trying to get a discount, or you're sending an email to somebody because you want to get on their podcast or because you want to explore working together or joint ventures, you are always selling them on, on agreeing, on taking action, on into buying into what you're saying. It's that whole sell or be sold thing. Yeah. And I think the more you understand how words work, the more you understand how to get your copy and your words really connecting, really having impact, really driving action, your everything you do just gets more leverage to me. Yeah, I mean, people don't appreciate that where they're spending their time relative to what they're getting back. You know, we put a lot of, of work, especially with social media. I think you lose track of it a lot in terms of, of that sort of time. There's little tools like Toggle, which um, sometimes I use with my clients because it helps them to see exactly where their time's going. I mean, that also leads into the outsourcing uh, conversation in terms of what's the best use of your expert time as opposed yes. to some of the admin and, and repetitive tasks. And uh, I was talking with that with a, with a previous uh, guest as well. There's a couple of things that you've said. It's all going so fast. There's so much content. There's so many things in there that, you know, people are hopefully getting some, some really great insights because 
you know, it's it starts with copy that converts, but less obvious is perhaps the difference a small shift in conversion rate can make, whether it's an email or a landing page or, or a proposal that you write, you know, because yeah. I work a lot with B2B, you know, there's a success rate, if you like. What yeah. do you what do you say to people that aren't spending enough time on this part of their business? They may be spending time on marketing, but you know they're bogged down with tools and systems, and you know swipe copy. That's a big thing these days as well. Yeah, and it's got its place. It's absolutely got its place. But it's that one percent, you know, one percent gain, one percent gain, one percent gain. If everything you do converts one percent better, and then another one percent, and then it, that cumulative effect over a year is absolutely huge. There's no, to me, there's Good no point. point in spending time on social media if you're not getting the engagements, if you're not driving that action. And it goes back to that that thing you just said about leveraging and outsourcing. You know, you can't outsource what's in your head. You've got to get it out. And it's really hard to outsource, to leverage your, your expert time if you're not really clear on your copy. So what's my message? What am I trying to say? Totally, yeah. What's my voice? What are my content pillars? What's my Once you've got a content plan, you can delegate it. But you can't leverage yourself and your time and your expertise if you're bogged down in this stuff because you're not doing the basics, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we, we talk about copywriting being a sort of worthwhile skill to learn and constantly improving it as you as you go along and that's what I get you know out of hanging around with you Laura very much so <laughs> you know still write a lot of a lot of copies so and also for clients as well but um say you did want to outsource it you you still need to brief the person don't you on what you want and what you're all about and I mean like any marketing um yeah. uh, work that you have done you've got to make a connection with your particular audience and that that person you outsource it to or, or that team, they need to understand that and have have your personality shine through. How, how's, how does that work? You know, how straightforward would it be in your in your experience? I think it's it's a process that we've refined over the last few years, but I think it's really hard. Like if you don't know what you stand for, if you don't know your core values, if you don't know your message, if you don't know all of these parts of the puzzle, when you outsource it, unless you're outsourcing to somebody who can pull that out of you, you're yes. going to end up with copy that just is okay. It's okay. It's okay. But it still doesn't do you justice. Like I know for all, everybody listen to this. I know that your work is amazing. I know that we all want to have impact in this world. So for me, the way that we do it, and we don't do it anymore because we don't do any one-to-one stuff anymore. But if you are thinking about sourcing your copy, the way that we always did it was we'd sit down with a client on Zoom, we'd get an hour booked in together, and we'd, I'd just ask you a load of questions and really get under the skin of your business and listen to your voice, listen to your speech patterns, kind of absorb your energy so that that can be reflected back in your copy. And if you are thinking about sourcing and the person that you're talking to tells you that they can write copy for you without going through that process without really getting under the skin of your business and without getting to know you properly I mean properly then I would say proceed with caution because you're probably not going to get the end result that you really want yeah and I I was I was going to say the same thing is that you know that's the sort of the red flag isn't it when they're not asking you some of those questions or when they're then their briefing form doesn't prompt you for for at least a starting point on that you know all all that nuance is so important and what you don't want I guess is to be is to be paying them money and having to sort of do it by trial and error um yeah at what point do you decide that the relationship's not working that they don't get you (laughs) 
And, you know, the best copy sounds like you. And this is the challenge. If somebody meets you at networking or they see you go live on Facebook or they see your video on LinkedIn or they hear you on a podcast, they hear you on Clubhouse, whatever, they buy into you, they buy into your energy, they buy into your voice, they love what you're about. Then they hit your website or your social media and it's a little bit dry. It's a little bit wooden, (laughs) doesn't really sound like you. It instantly breaches trust. Like the chemistry is gone. And people might not understand why they hesitate. It might not be a conscious thing, but they'll hesitate. They won't click and book a call with you. They won't buy your thing because it just doesn't reflect who you really, really are. And I think that's the danger of outsourcing your copy if you don't have a really strong relationship in place. And I I think, you know, picking up on that thing, it's not necessarily a a conscious thing that happens, you know, to your audience. Mm -hmm. It's subconscious in a way. And and yeah, totally, totally Mm -hmm. get that point. I think that's brilliant. Well, I mean, we, we get this question from clients all the time. What's what kind of differences in in sort of content and copywriting do you see between B two C and B two B? Okay, right. So maybe if we just touch very quickly first on the difference between copy and content, because I think yes. that's worth saying. So there are a lot of people that will say that content. Uh, educate and entertain and copy is to sell and convert. I would argue that that's not true because especially if you're a consultant, you're a personal brand, you know, you're selling you, you're selling your expertise, your time in a blog, in the traditional content in inverted commas, you are selling people on buying into you, your ideas, your credibility, all of that stuff. So to me, it's all copy. I genuinely believe it's all copy. That's kind of thought leadership that as content's kind of thought leadership in that sense, would you say? Yeah, totally, totally. Content is about positioning you as the expert and getting people to buy into everything that you're about. And that's not to say that every piece of content sells. I'm not saying that every piece of content has a really salesy call to action. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that so many people miss the mark because they think content isn't about selling. They think content is about, you know, entertaining and it is, but it's, it, you're selling you. You're not necessarily saying buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, but you're asking people to buy into, like I say, your ideas, your concepts, your yeah. frameworks, your everything else. Now that fits as well. My, my thinking, because um, in my book, for example, I talk about engage, educate, enroll. And if you map that against what we understand as content or copy, they're doing different jobs. And that comes back to what you said before about the different mix of content um, yeah. and the different kinds of copy, you know, whether it is purposely for selling and it is a bit more hypey and a bit more marketing with a purpose, if you like, as opposed to intending to educate. But the education part for me is, is, is how you kind of bring people along towards knowing that your solution is the right fit for them because first they have to understand the problem and then they have to understand why. So it's kind of, we talk about problem aware and solution aware. And so I think this is customer journey. And I I think what I'm hearing from you is that the content kind of needs to fit that journey a little bit. So you're first kind of introducing yourself, positioning yourself without kind of saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff and bringing people into your world. And I think that goes back to your strategy, for example, saying starting with the Facebook group and really getting that community and people getting to know you like you trust you. And from there, when you make an offer, you're easing the way a lot more because they already get it. Yeah. And I think most of the time, the decision to buy 
isn't made when they're looking at your sales page. So all of your content and your copy and your posts and your lives and all of this stuff that you're doing, it's all flicking that switch. And you never know what's going to be the one thing that you say, the story that you tell, the something that you say that flicks that switch in the mind of your buyer where they go, oh my God, she's the person that I want to work with. I've got to work with him. Now they might not be ready right now. It might be then that they see an offer from you. They see a sales pitch from you. They see a launch thing from you. (laughs) And that's the mechanism by which they kind of go over the line and buy but that decision to buy that decision to that's the person I want to work with that to me that's the job that your copy and content does for you and I guess that relates to what people say about marketing touch points it used to be you needed seven touch points before somebody kind of would buy from you now mm-hmm. people are saying that you need 20 or 30 because of social media and yeah it's probably even more than that so it, I think again it goes back to your point earlier about showing up I mean essentially in the in the in the platform or on the platform that you feel most comfortable you're going to do that more consistently so uh, I love that kind of holistic idea that it all kind of it all makes sense it all comes you know it all comes together definitely yeah Um, I think that's very motivating as well because what you're doing is quite purposeful and there's a you know what I said before there's a straight arrow through it and you can then build Mm -hmm. out from there tell me about hero content I was just thinking about what you said before. Is that the platform or is that a particular, like a list of topics that sort of flow and make sense? Yeah. So your hero content is just the one thing you do every week. So like I say to me, it might be a Facebook live. It might be a podcast. It might be video, might be a blog. It's just the the thing that you commit to doing and you do, it's like non-negotiable. You do it come what may. So for example, um, if you've got a really busy week going on, maybe you don't post on your business page today. Maybe like LinkedIn like goes out the window. Maybe you don't do that clubhouse room you thought you were going to do, but your hero content is non-negotiable because it's consistency that wins every single time so to me it's that the the hero content is key and then like we talked about earlier with the strategic side it's about okay what am I selling what's my sales focus and then we that from there then generally break it down into these little weekly topics for the month ahead so for example if you were selling a one-to-one package or a consulting package or a program and it's got a framework behind it, then each week you might take a little piece of that framework and talk about that thing so everything's consistent. So to give you an example, if I was selling, I don't know, let's think about this. Um, If I was selling uh, an eight-week copy, which I don't do, but if I was selling an eight-week copywriting program and I knew the pillars were, you know, getting clear on your message, understanding your ideal clients, writing your weekly emails, then, for example, I might take each of those as little weekly topics and then for my content, for my blogs, for my lives, wherever I'm showing up, I talk about that thing. So I'd have a week where I talked about how to connect with your ideal clients. I'd have a week where I talked about getting clear on your message. You're not selling the house. You're not giving everything away if you don't want to because we don't overwhelm our audience but you've got that focus and you know it's all strategic you know if you talk about these things people are probably going to want to buy what you're selling because it's all warming your audience up and then that's what your life's about that's what your blog's about and kind of working it back in that way yeah I I remember that I mean because I I think when when we first met I did your content 
challenge content planning challenge or something like that it's super super helpful um because it it makes you think about that structure um because i think i've i I often sort of dot around and you're being trying to be responsive to what you know clients are saying they need and and it can feel quite fragmented at the end of the day and i think what that really helped me do with that you know spreadsheet that you had was to sort of really so have those core topics and build out from there again so yeah. that, you know, you always get your bases covered. Um, yeah. And I think you've got a special little gift for our listeners. Um, I which I'm really excited about because that was the one thing that was like, it was such an aha moment. You've got a content planner uh, tool, haven't you, to, to yeah. give away. That Tell takes us a little bit about that and then I'll share the link. Amazing. It takes you through this exact process. So it takes you through strategically, what am I selling? What are my weekly topics? What's my hero content going to be? And then it's like a rainbow content planner. So you can put your platform or your platforms down the side. You've got the days of the week across the top. And then the idea is that you color in the rainbow almost. So it's a spreadsheet. So it's all different color post types. There's seven different types of posts. So there's engagement posts, there's trust me posts, there's buy from me posts. So you use the little drop downs, figure out your content mix, and then you can click the buttons underneath or there's a second tab and it's got a load of different posts. I literally like swipe and deploy posts. So loads of ideas then. So you might say, fine, on a Tuesday on my Facebook page, I'm going to post a trust me post. It's orange. You then click on the orange button and it takes you through to a load of trust me posts. Because, you know, if we're not building that trust, if we're not directly asking people to buy from us, if we're not deliberately posting stuff to get engagements, if we're not, if, if our content mix isn't kind of hitting these various bases, then there's kind of a gap and that's a big barrier to to getting those sales. Yeah, and I mean, that that's what I found so useful as, as to getting that mix and even knowing what should go in the mix. I mean, it was just super helpful. So yeah. the link, uh, folks, is bit.ly, bit.ly bit.ly forward slash the content fix and uh, you can go and opt in and get that downloaded and I'd really love to hear what you think of it because it for me it was such an amazing tool and uh, I'm really grateful for for Laura for like shining the light on how to how to organize yourself around around all of this and uh, I love organization and process maps and I spreadsheet and workflow everything so that was just such a super cool tool for 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 my content so brilliant so the third area we said we cover is, um, and I want you to give us the secrets here. You know, what's this yeah. double leverage that you talked about across all of your content marketing? We, you know, we want you to spill the beans on that one, please. Right. So <laughs> I think for me, the golden question that just goes around and around my head all the time is, how can I do this once and then leverage it multiple times? Love and that's, that. what, that's how I built my business. That's what I've always, always asked myself. It's quite an intuitive thing for me. And it's tiny little things. So if, for example, let's say that your hero content, every week you're going to go live. Just for argument's sake, let's say you're going to go live. So you go live. That's one way of building your audience. What you can then do, obviously, is using the content planning tool, using the content fix, you can then, there's posts in there to, like I say, drive people to it and drive people back to it once you've done it. So then if you use those posts, those are other days when you then don't have to think about anything else to post. So you're kind of saving time there. But for example, what I would then do, so every time I'm talking, so not right now, because this is obviously Jay's podcast, but if I'm going live, if I'm on Clubhouse, if I'm doing a guest training in somebody else's group, there is a fabulous app called otter.ai, like the creature that lives in rivers, otter.ai. It's completely free for 600 minutes a month. And it's a voice transcription app. 
obviously there's loads of them you can use any I like Otto because it's it's accurate and because you get the exports the transcriptions really fast but when I go live I've got Otter open on a separate laptop next to me it is trans word that I say ah, and tip. then you can repurpose that you can leverage that again so you can turn that live into a blog into posts you can give it to somebody else to do that for you you can work it into your nurture sequences you can you know work it in there's like literally a thousand other ways that you can repurpose this content but I think it's that question of you know how can I use this more than once so again another example for you is if you've got a community where if you're creating resources in your business so for me we've got a membership and that happens in the membership maybe you do it for your one-to-one clients maybe you know if you're creating any kind of resources for your clients like guides cheat sheets downloads like workflow spreadsheets absolutely anything it's a bit like the the free content planning tool that i've just shared if you're creating stuff in your business either for you or for your clients how can you create a public facing free version of that? So you've already created it once. Maybe you want to take some of the value out so that your paying clients don't feel like they're, you know, not getting what they paid for. Maybe you simplify it. But that content planning tool, for example, we use it to, to give away because I think it's really, really valuable. We use it in our membership. We use it in our email nurture sequences. We use it when I do guest trainings, like that one piece of content has got so much leverage from it. Yeah. And I just think it's that question of, is this thing that I'm doing really worth my time? Or could I do that instead? Because if I do that, I can use it in all these different ways. And it's just like getting as much leverage and mileage as you can from the energy that you're investing. Yeah, I mean, people spend a lot of time thinking up lead magnets without sort of being strategic about it in the way you describe. So, uh, and I would love the transcripts of all of your lives because you talk so fast, it's really hard to follow sometimes. And so, you know, <laughs> you have to listen over and over. So, uh, yeah, but I can see the consistency in what you're, you know, what you're saying coming through a lot of the different channels that you use. So, uh, yeah, great tip that was for sure. But repurposing is definitely something that I'm a huge fan of, you know, because, yeah, saving time, efficiency, etc. Let me ask you, Laura, I mean, given the very odd year we've had and now in 2021, as the weirdness continues, what kinds of shifts are you noticing in what clients bring to the table when they approach you for for advice or training about their content or copywriting? Oh, that's a great question. I think in reality, a lot of the stuff that was working before isn't working anymore and it's not going to work moving forwards because 2020... um, the whole COVID thing has almost been like a major reset. I think it's forced us to stop. There's been, I know it's been a really challenging year, but there's been some amazing gifts that have come out of this year as well for us. And I think one of the massive things for all of us is it's made us reconsider what we want. It's made us reconsider our values, our priorities. And I think a lot of that surface level content and that surface kind of quite superficial level stuff that you just used to check out on Facebook and, you know, like, those kind of routine posts that were just like really boring they're not getting engagements anymore and that superficial level stuff it's just not cutting it anymore and I think that doing less even but doing it better and I think we are all coming out I think coming out of COVID we are all craving connection I think connection is more important than ever this year in terms of being not necessarily being vulnerable but letting people see the real you not this professional face 
but also in terms of the products and services that we're offering. So for us this year, we've got our mastermind, our Amplify mastermind, where we go, the connections in there are so deep. We've got our membership where I'm obsessed with creating and cultivating an amazing community and I'm not doing anything in the middle. And I think that this year is going to be the year for lots of us. It's connection. So whether that's how you're communicating on social media, it's taking your copy to a level deeper or whether it's the way that you work with your clients. I think that mid-tier level of like buy a group program and you just get chucked in a Facebook group, but you don't get any real one-to-one responsibility. I think that's what's changed for a lot of people. And it's just being really mindful of that in how we're communicating, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's such clear, clear insight there for sure on, on two levels, really, not only the nature of the, of the stuff that you're sharing and, and craving connected connection is, is a key principle in there that's, that's shifted a lot and goes back to what we were saying about maybe the difference between LinkedIn and Facebook and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's human humanizing, um, yeah. for sure. But, but, but also strategically to think about your offers and, and how that connectivity can be leveraged within the type of things yeah. that you're doing, the type of programs that you're running. So we're going to change tack in a, a little bit. And this is a sort of a, maybe a connecting question is what's the impact on your own business in that regard? Because I know that you've, you know, you've made amazing progress over the last sort of 18 months to two years. And mm-hmm. you've had a lot of, of moments where you've changed things, you've stopped doing things, yeah. you've stepped things up. And yeah. I followed your journey. I mean, I, I love what, what you do. And I love the decisiveness, even if it probably doesn't feel like that at the time <laughs> for you. Um, I, but in order to kind of up a level in terms of, of what you're doing and how you're impacting yeah. and, and your reach to people, you know, what, what's, what's this particular year done for, for changing your thinking around that? You've just mentioned a couple of things broadly, but what, what about for you personally? It's made me get a lot more leveraged is the honest answer. And I'm not just saying that because that's that. your thing, <laughs> but it's true. It's really, this last year, it's really made me question what I want and what I want this business to look like. I want to be of service. I want impact in this world, but I also want this business to serve me. I don't want to be a slave to it. And the major shift that we've made and that we're still making is the shift away from like having to find new one-to-one clients all the time to yeah. really recurring revenue model and working with people over longer time frames but going deeper and building uh, leverage everything so you know automating everything the onboarding process the like we don't send any invoices everybody's set up on repeat payments just like all of our SOPs are all filmed in loom the way the team's grown I used to definitely have a mindset of, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll yeah, do it. I do <laughs> things hard for myself. Like if it, I, I wouldn't do it the easy way if I could do it the complicated way. And I think COVID has just really spending that, like when was the last time we all just spent that much time at home? And I realized, do you know what? I just really like being at home. <laughs> I love this slower way of life. I don't, before COVID, I was traveling every single week. I was speaking on stage. I was here, there and everywhere. And I don't want to go back to that. And this year for me has really made me reconsider how I leverage myself, my time, my team, technology, content, absolutely everything so that I can have more time in the garden. That's the honest answer. Yeah, and we like going out for our walks, don't we? So, uh, we do. I mean, I, I, the sun's shining, the spring is coming, and it feels very much like I don't want to be behind the computer. I want to be yeah. out there. And uh, and it's having that space and, and making that space. It's so easy to just fill it up with with stuff to do 
And yeah. Um, yeah, it's finding those blocks of time back, you know, to live your life. I mean, that was the name of my original marketing business. <laughs> so and it's still there. It's still coming through. So brilliant. I mean, you've talked a little bit about uh, about the different leverage strategies, about uh, having more recurring income as opposed to to one to one ups and downs that we often see with consultancy. Yeah. I mean, if you had to start from scratch, because obviously you've changed things and you've evolved this um, mm-hmm. over time. And if you had to start from scratch, you know, what, what would you do differently? Now you sort of see these new opportunities and, you know, you've been pivoting as you go along. What would yeah. you advise someone starting out? Um, okay. So if I was starting out again or for anybody that's starting out now, I think the big things would be pick one platform and go deep. So don't try, we've already talked about this, not trying to spread yourself too thinly, like go all, go all in on clubhouse, go all in on Instagram, go all in on LinkedIn. doesn't really matter where, just go all in on it, put all of your time and energy into that. And then I think it's about finding the right leveraged model for you. And there's so many ways to make money. There's so many ways to make money online. Is it high ticket one-to-one work? Is it a membership model? Is it online courses and programs? Is it low volume, uh, low ticket, high volume? Is it like, what's the model for you? And then I would go all in on that because again, what I've done in the past, and this is why my business has pivoted and changed so much is because I'm trying to do everything. I was like, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. And I was trying to do all, and sometimes you, I think maybe you do have to go through that process to figure out what you really want to do. But by going through that process, we no longer do any one-to-one work. We no longer do a lot of the things that we were doing before. But for me, I'm going all in on the membership. For me this year, is about building this awesome community in the membership. I want it to be the place that you go to if you just want help with copy. Um, well, that's why really- I, that's where I send people. So for sure, you know, Thank you've you. built that up because it's, uh, I mean, it's brilliant. And I think um, what I'm hearing as well from you is, you know, there's a balance between what works for you as a business model and there's no cookie cutter thing here. I mean, that's, no, totally. that's half the, the trouble with strategy is, you know, people want to be told what to do and what's yeah. the best model. And, you know, yeah. it's the best model for you. So I really like that, that point. It's also about what's, what's changing in the marketplace. You know, yeah. you've mentioned a, a few times in terms, and I've asked you about what's changing and the, the connectivity piece is, yeah. is shifting how people want to yeah. consume content, how they yeah. want to interact with, with experts yeah. Yeah. and how they want to interact with each other. Um, yeah. So I think the communities of practice, um, we, we have this in education, you know, communities of practice is a really big deal and, and very yeah. undervalued in many ways. And yet I think from with marketing and with consumerism, to use that word, it's becoming more uh, front of mind, I think, for a lot of yeah. businesses. And so social media is then coming back to the fore as well, because yeah, exactly. in order to to drive and grow the community of yeah. practice, you need that sort of social, exactly. uh, those social platforms. Yeah. And I don't think it's about changing what you're doing. I think it's about being aware to the changes around you. So if we Absolutely. take online courses, yeah. as an example, I don't know if any of your listeners, I'm sure some of us will have online courses. So it's not that because that connection thing is coming back, it's not that online courses are dead. I'm not saying that for a second. Your online program is going to be as amazing. But if people are craving that connection, we need to give them that connection. So how can you build in more implementation? How can you build in more accountability? How can you build in that deeper sense of community? And I think it's just about whatever it is that we do, staying in our own lane, doing that one thing instead of trying to play around with a thousand things and nobody really knows what it is that they can buy from you, but also 
just being aware, isn't it? And being aware to, yeah, those, that, the kind of world around you and the, the vibe and the energy and yeah. the stuff that's shifting and yeah. just, just adapting as we need to adapt, I suppose. I mean, I'm really glad, you, I'm going to do a whole, a whole um, episode on, on online courses because I think even that term, it, there's a difference between information and education in terms of the content. And also mm-hmm. what I find a lot is that people, when they're designing courses or programs, they're very focused on the content, the topics. Yes. And I think what what you're saying as well, and what I advise people is to think about the journey, the learner journey is, you know, yeah. what are you, where are you trying to get them from and to, and yeah. to design the course and, and use resources or give them resources that help them yeah. make that leap, if you like, have that transformation. And so okay. program design is coming back into, into the floor yeah. as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's where my, evalu- my evaluation, my education and my e-learning expertise all start to come together. But Amazing. I think it is about being strategic and that's where it comes back to. So I'm, I'm glad we've made that connection between marketing content and educational content. So yes, thanks for that. Totally. Um, my punch question I ask all my experts and it yeah. maybe follows from what we've talked about. If you could okay. have a superpower yep. Laura, for creating leverage in your business, what would you choose? Oh, a superpower for creating leverage in my business. I think the superpower I would love would be to be able to see two years into the future. Cool. In all honesty. So you can plan for the changes or anything. Well, in so that if I know, if I could see two years down the line and know what had worked and what hadn't worked, Got then <laughs> I could leverage a thousand times quicker and faster right now. Yeah, yeah. I just put all my time and energy into that one thing. That's right. I mean, that, that, back to the point of there's no silver bullet. A lot of it is is testing and, and tweaking and tracking yeah. and, and making sure. But uh, so, yeah, no crystal ball there. But yeah, I think um, we are always trying to capture what's working well, aren't we, um, from other people looking at what's going well. But then you have to think, well, would it work for me? Would it work for my audience? And so, yeah, yeah. I love that superpower. Future gazing, definitely. Future gazing, but only two years. I don't <laughs> want to see anyone that I, like, I don't I don't want to ruin the yeah. surprise but <laughs> yeah. I'd still I'd like to Love know that. I'd like to know where to go all in with systems and processes and investing and and yeah you know. yeah and with digital yeah. you know it's hard to see further than two years three years anyway because there are all sorts of things yeah. along. I mean where did Clubhouse come from for goodness sake I don't like, I only know the word I haven't even tried it and oh it you just, need to go on Clubhouse I know it's everyone amazing. says that and I'm like no no I can't cope with another thing <laughs> I love it. But that's a really great point. I know we're just about to wrap up. I think that Clubhouse is one of the most leveraged platforms there is because it's audio only. Yeah, and it fits with podcasts, uh, definitely. So I I know, I know, I know. Hey, look, this was such great fun. You've given us so much to think about, you know, on all kinds of fronts. And and I've really loved the conversation. And, you know, clearly you are the go-to gal for content and copy and planning of it as well, which I think is the (laughs) the really important bit as well. So, you know, hopefully we've given people lots to, uh, to go away and things that you can implement straight away as well. And don't forget this content planner, which is such a great tool. And I'll put the link into the show notes, um, for for that as well as well as other places where you can go find Laura and her her fantastic community as well so is there any parting wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners with in the final few seconds oh I'm not sure if I can really do wisdom I think the parting words I think when it comes to copy content planning all that stuff is just do it and I know that sounds really flippant but I think especially when it comes to copy and content and having the right plan and the right 
you know, done is better than perfect. And, you know, if, love people that. Don't, yes. <laughs> if people don't know you exist, they can't buy from you. That's the bottom line. So it's not overthinking it, not overthinking the plan, not overthinking the hero content, not overthinking the posts, just get it out there. It's never going to be perfect. Get it out there and start taking action, I think. Wise, wise words. Thank you again Thank you. very much, Laura McDowell. I know everyone would have got so much from this. So uh, head over to the show notes, get the links, connect in with Laura's world, and you will definitely be better off for it. So and let us know how you found this episode and how things are going with your content and your copywriting. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.